it, I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out Hi folks, Jamie here and welcome to another episode of Mindset with Muscle. Now, I was watching a bit of TV last night and I saw I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and somebody who was in the jungle was none other than Mr. James Haskell and it got me thinking because I interviewed James a couple of years ago on this actual podcast so I thought what better thing to do than to dig it out, uh, edit it and get it up for you to have a listen to because it was a cracker of an episode. So, Here it is, uh, myself and James Haskell talking all about banter and business. Enjoy. He is an England international and Wasps rugby player and entrepreneur who is creating ways both on and off the pitch with his down-to-earth personality and passion for providing entertainment and value to his many followers on social media. He has many strings to his bow as an author, running his own clothing and supplement line and just so happens to have a wide variety of workout content for you to enjoy to get in the shape of your life. Ladies and gents, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you James Haskell. James, how are you? Uh, very well. What a lovely introduction. I've never heard so many nice things said about me ever. <laughs> there you go. So, James, we're going to kick straight off with question one and take me back to where it all started for you and how you got into rugby and fitness. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I started when I was about five years old um, into rugby. I was taken to my local rugby club by my old man, I think partly because my mum wanted a break uh, and my dad discovered that you could drink on um, Sundays at a rugby club because <laughs> back in the day the um, licence laws were very different. So mum one was offloading me and dad was, um, you know, having a few drinks. So I, I sort of got a rugby that way. Um, I'm not really sure... I would say that I fell in love with it at an early age and never really wanted to be a rugby player, but we kind of went through the, the process and I enjoyed the sportsmanship. I think, like most kids, I enjoyed running around for a couple of hours with my friends and then drinking copious amounts of fizzy drinks and eating chomp bars that were 10p. I think they're probably about 60p. <laughs> yeah. it's, cra- it's crazy how much they've gone up. That, that I think it's Freddo, Freddo's Chomps and what's the other one? Well, 99p, 99p flakes are £2.50 now. <laughs> so I don't, the world is going down the toilet via its confectionery. You know? so, I, I don't, um, so I did that, and then, and then the health and fitness thing sort of came about. Really, I trialled uh, for England under 16s, uh, and I didn't get in. I was very tall, very skinny. Um, I was given a training booklet um, early on um, within the camp when they thought I was going to make it all the way through and I basically didn't do any of the training for it. I never never worked hard, never really dedicated myself to anything. My my dad was very much on me, you know, you're not training, you're not doing this and I said I would, I said I would and I never did it and I, I got to the trial and, you know, I wasn't as fit as I should be. I was a streak of piss and I didn't, I didn't, didn't deliver so I, I missed out. I got very upset about that. I think I might have even cried. Um, those were in the days when I wasn't emotionally dead um, and I, um, I basically started working with a personal trainer who was a sort of a friend of the family and I just became addicted, you know, while other people were sort of uh, resting and going out and smoking in bushes and, and, and chasing girls or drinking. I kind of twice a week would have this guy come into to school and we would train. Um, you know, I, he would bring me chickens. I'd be eating chickens in the evening and all this kind of stuff. So I basically just got addicted to it. And once I started to get in good shape, like anyone who tells you in health and fitness, once you start getting results, then it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy and... I am where I am. Uh, that's fantastic too. And I think it, it does happen from a very young age like that. There just seems to be a kind of switch in your head. I mean, I started going to the gym, 
think when I was 13 and, and it was purely because I was a little shit at school and, and that was the only place I could go that wouldn't get me in trouble and it's kind of you know 18 years later I'm still doing it so it just goes to show um, how much of an impact from a young age you know that actually has yeah, yeah 100% I think look I think we as as people I think most people um, do very well with discipline and routine in their lives I think the, the, the people you meet that struggle uh, in life often don't have structure you obviously get those carefree spirits who kind of that hippie mentality and they like kind of being free and everything else but even then after a while you're left alone rattling with your own thoughts it's it's not great I think we you know we, we even from you know caveman days we, we had a focus we were supposed to be feeding supposed to be mating and supposed to be carrying on and I think um having some sort of structure in your life is is really important I think you know if, if people find it with different disciplines whether that's boxing jiu-jitsu yoga reading cooking um anything else you know for, for you and for me it, it's been training and for me it's been sport and now in, in later on it's become sort of work that gives me the um the structure I need, and I think it's a great thing to get into. But people have to find their own way. There, you fortunately you can't force people to to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, how have you able to? Have you been able to transition your your passion for sports, James, into your passion for business? Um, I think people very uh, cleverly always say this, and they, I think it's any advice that any billionaire, millionaire, entrepreneur gives you is is uh, you know write about and talk about and do what you love and what you know. And um, training became such a big part of my career. It was a direct correlation to how successful my career has been, the time and energy I put into uh, training and working out and um, my nutrition and my desire to always try and work at, work with the best and seek out the best in those different areas. You, know, you only get one career, really. So you know you can take the advice your club give you or you can go and seek out an expert in the field, get a second opinion or whatever that might be. And so I kind of always had that. And then... It kind of transitioned into in, into business, really, where my father always said to me, "Look, you know, you can be a rugby player that finishes at three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, go home, sits on his um, arse all day playing Xbox and watch the world go by, or you can make something of yourself and take the opportunities that are, are presented to you, and, and also the the doors that open because of a sportsman." And I basically you know, struggled at first with that because you know why? Who doesn't want to sit on their arse and play Xbox all day? Um, but I basically, uh, you know, started doing stuff off the field. I loved the commercial aspect of it. I loved the the TV, the radio stuff, and I found that the more I did off the field, the more balance and focus it gave me on the field. And um, it's just kind of spiraled from there, really, to, to, to what you very kindly said in your introduction. You know, I'm DJing. I'm I'm, I'm writing this other book that's going in bookshops soon. Um, you know, I've become a bit of a workaholic, but I, I find it I find that dedication and focus and sort of excitement for life is what helps you um, helps you earn money and be successful. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people, you, you know, they have, you know, I talk a lot about a kind of nine to five mentality. It seems that when, you know, people are working for somebody else or they're putting the work in that they forget that, you know, they don't actually need to switch off if it's something that they enjoy doing. I think people are very accustomed to go to work and have that kind of work mentality and kind of rest, rest mentality. And I think a lot of people don't think that they can, you know, combine them together. I think I think very much that it's about um, job versus career. You know, a job is something you go to, something you do. It's nine to five. You, you, you do it. You're not particularly passionate about it. It's a means to an end. 
um, you're probably frustrated, a little bit negative about it, and you go home. A career is where you really put the passion into what you're doing, whether you're working with someone or working with someone else or working for yourself. Even um, you know, it's where you live and breathe everything that you that you were doing. That that every other part of your life is trying to make you better at your career, and it's something you dedicate yourself to and feel a real um, a real affinity with. And, and ultimately, it's something you enjoy, and and, and that's a big difference. It's the same for rugby players. You know, you can turn up. Your job is to turn up, play rugby, get paid, uh, play on the weekend. Now, you can go through your entire career doing that or you can really embrace it and go, you know what, I'm going to be the best player in my position, I'm going to be the strongest, I'm going to be the fittest, I'm going to win some silverware, I'm going to get international honours, I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to make sure that I make the most of my of my, my time. And I, and I would call you, you having a career, and that's the same with people, you know, whether you're in fitness or whatever it is. There's a big distinction between that. And, and ordinarily, people in a job don't realise that, you know, if you're spending your time being negative or not enjoying yourself or not doing something you love, only you can change it and you need to go and make the, the, the changes and go, right, do you know what, I'm going to put my energy into changing it because you control it. Unfortunately, there's no magic wand that there's no one going to come along and tell you to, to, to do that. And I, I think everybody needs a career as opposed to just having a job. Definitely. It's some very wise words there, James. So, your content creation on social media, James, is quite prolific. And most importantly, which a lot of people lack, especially on social media, is consistency. And it's something that is rarely seen in the UK with sportsmen. So what is it about social media and content creation that you enjoy so much? Um, I love the sound of my own voice. No, I, <laughs> um, I think the social media thing, like, like everyone, you know, when you, when you create um, a, a product or a social media channel, right? For, and I think Richard Branson summed it up. For every, you know for every time he became um uh you know when he became successful you know it didn't cover the fact he'd, he'd failed eight or nine times before you know for every millionaire you, you see the millions but you don't see the, the the hundred failures and the bankruptcies and how many times you went that's the same with social media you know there's no recipe to making it work and engaging with people um you know i've worked with lots of people i've tried lots of things i've spent money on terms of helping people create um you know, my social media platform, and that failed miserably. Um, I think there's a lot of bullshit out there about how to develop stuff. I think the thing with social media is you've got to be authentic, and people say that, and that's an ambiguous, you know, quite an ambiguous word because people use it all the time. You've got to be authentic, man. You've got to be authentic. Well, I just try to look at social media and go, what would I want to see? Um, I enjoy making videos and making people laugh um, and trying to cut the between the bullshit that's out there because everyone's trying to make a living and everyone's trying to earn money and everyone's trying to get on in life and you very rarely get the people that are trying to um, you know be really selfless and help people and I think everyone's got an angle I think once you appreciate that and accept that and say listen I'm running a fitness business I want to be successful with that but actually do you know what I want to help people understand that training and diet isn't rocket science I want to understand that being a rugby player is good but it's also hard what do I do on a daily basis actually look this is what my personality is like this is what I I do this is the kind of laughs I enjoy and try to try to share that with people so they get an insight because social media can be a tool for something so good and it is a borderline between being so good but also being where all the bell ends in the world and all the people with more issues than the big issue congregate to put their negativity out there so I just try to to really be positive and enjoy it and it's taken me a lot of time to get to where we're going now and build a platform it's nowhere near I'd like it to be you know I want to you know I'd love to have a million Instagram followers love to have a million YouTube subscribers I see people that do have a million and sometimes I can't get my head around why 
people would want to see the content they put out, but then, you know, there's a lot of common denominator stuff that I I don't get myself because of where what I do and where I come from. So it's a constant learning curve. I I, I fundamentally enjoy doing it, and I think that it's um, it resonates with people, and I think it's great to create an audience. And also, again, it is just trying to be positive. I, I just I'm I'm always sadly disappointed when I see. Um, that we live in a world now where people will do anything to get views, people will do anything to get on social media. I mean, I went to watch Britney Spears last night, unbelievably. I was trying to win Boyfriend of the Year, so I took my <laughs> girlfriend there. Um, I, I did, unfortunately, know more of the words than I thought I would. And uh, um, I was watching it, and there was like hundreds of people in front of me, and they all had their phones, and they were all recording the show through their phones. Instead of living the show, they were there, all because... A lot of them wanted to put it up on social media, and I was watching them over their shoulders posting this stuff because everybody wants the views, everyone wants the affirmation, everyone wants the likes, and it says a lot about the human psyche that we're desperate to get this, this approval and affirmation and be the best and earn the money and everything else. So I've just tried to create a social media that kind of carves through a lot of that and is, is positive, and you can and take it or leave it, and you know it's a persona I've created. Like I don't walk around calling myself the fucking Archbishop of Banterbury. I don't walk around myself calling myself the lad you know i'm pretty quiet on my own um but, but people believe everything they see so i've got people coming up to me all the time going oh has you mental mate and i'm like i'm absolutely not like i don't i'm not doing that uh, you know let's go for a beer I, I don't really drink a lot you know all those kind of things but i think it's, it's, it's a positive tool you know yeah definitely i mean the thing is people are trying to find the the secrets of social media and you know what I've said to a lot of people, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of YouTubers um, on this podcast and you know, the reason for their success has been because they enjoy doing it. You know, a lot of them who started their YouTube channels many years ago didn't do it for a business. They did it because they wanted to do it. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with social media these days. They're like, they'll look at what somebody's doing who's got millions of subscribers and go, oh, I'm just going to do what they're doing. And I think that's the, the big problem because so many people are just trying to be somebody else instead of, the, you know, instead of themselves. I couldn't agree more and I think you know there are some golden rules to things like tagging stuff and you know like I said um, consistency I mean our, my YouTube channel's grown you know it's growing so slowly um, when I put loads of quality content up there I can't understand it you know I was talk I did a video there about YouTube and it just seems to be people eating chili peppers falling off shit shouting tits and arse or playing video games or commenting on stupid stuff and I'm like right so what I've tried to do is be like Here's some quality video. Here's quality content. Here's what's going on. Because I refused, I refused to eat a chili or hit myself in the face with a shovel or, or you know, get run over by a car just to to, to get views. Because I, I want to create an engagement with my audience. And I think consistency on publication is one thing. Um, I think yeah, finding something that you love doing, but also uh, understanding that very few people become these YouTube millionaires and the ones that the ones that are super successful either come in with a profile like The Rock comes in with a profile early on and then adopts YouTube and starts being really successful or you're someone like KSI who did it years and years and years ago because he wanted to play video games because that was his culture all of his audience has grown up with him so they feel an affinity with him and they look at him and they log in every day and they go do you know what He's now making millions. We could do that if we if we dedicate ourselves to something. We're part of his journey. We know him inside out. We've seen him every day for for fifteen years, and that's what people love. And that's that's more so on YouTube than anything else because each social media platform is unique to a set of people, and that's what people don't understand. You know, the Instagram crowd is different from the Twitter crowd, 
the, you know, the Twitter crowd is completely different from the YouTube crowd. Um, I don't know who the fuck the Pinterest crowd is, but I'm not really <laughs> interested in that. Um, you know, I don't, you know, Vine, Vine was super American. You know, I started doing some Vines, again, just didn't get the action. It's just, it's about finding an audience, sticking to a couple of platforms, trying not to be overcomplicated, and understand there is no miracle reason why one person has these things and one person has something else. And, and I also think that when people give you lessons, it's very easy retrospectively to look back at your success. And no one turns around and goes, yeah, I was successful because, do you know what? I don't fucking know why I was successful. It just happened. I posted some videos and everybody loved it. What they'll say to you is, yeah, well, what I did was I posted consistently and I started off on stuff I love and I did that. And I think there's, there's lessons in there, but everyone likes to make their reasons for success sound way more interesting. And I think time kind of clouds that. And I, I, I really don't think there is a miracle reason why one person does it. You've just got to keep plugging away, find your niche, be honest yourself, enjoy what you do first and foremost, and don't try and build a business out of social media without having the foundations in the real world, because I think in about 10, 15 years' time, we're going to look back at this period of our, of our lives and go, oh my God, we were sharing everything with everybody. What the hell is going on? I think we're going to have a lot more people going mental because of social media. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens in 10 years, to be honest, because you know, you, now, I mean, I, I watched yesterday... Um, a company called DJI just launched a drone that, which is like can fit into your pocket and basically can follow you around for 20 seconds. I saw it. I saw it. I'm obsessed with DJI stuff. I've got their Osmo camera. Like I, I, I just literally, yeah, last week got the Osmo mobile and I've been doing Facebook videos with it. Um, yeah, it's it, incredible. Have you tried the YouTube live off that? I haven't, done, I haven't tried that yet. I, I want to try to to do that. I've been doing the Facebook lives off the Osmo and I've got one. I've got the very first Phantom one, but I've seen that drone and I'm literally about a split second away from buying it and I don't know why but I kind of like the idea of a camera following me around <laughs> Have you? do you follow a YouTuber called Casey Neistat do you know what I, the thing is, all right, I'll be, this is, this is I'll be completely brutal about this right I am all about self development and someone told me something weird the other day that if you read a book a book a month right in a field that you love so say training or nutrition in four years time or five years time you would be in the top five percent of experts in the world on that particular field, right? Which is mental to think about and how much life we spend pissing away, you know, with people playing Pokemon Go or wasting time on their phone or scrolling through funny shit on, on Instagram. And I just think to myself, I'm all about self-development. However, I spend so much time doing, and so much time working that I very rarely sit back and watch what other people are doing. I just don't do that. I just don't do it do that i don't watch youtubers i don't sit through like there's, there's a couple of instagram accounts that i look at my, my missus's account fuck jerry the fat jewish and that's it i don't i don't look at anything else and, it, and it's because i'm i don't know whether it's become a bit self-obsessed with trying to be successful and do what i want to do but i just don't watch any other youtubers maybe i maybe i should start doing that yeah i mean the th thing is, is i'm very much in the same boat you know i just um, opened my gym facility. Same thing. I'm writing a book. This, that, and that. Uh, you know, I spend so much time on self development that, you know, I actually put stuff in my diary now, like an hour or t an hour a day to to do stuff. Where you know, The Walking Dead's coming back on. I will allocate some time to to you know to watch some zombies eat some people, and I think that kind of uh, escapism, so to speak, I think um, is something. Not that I think that people do too much of. 
Mm. They, they literally spend all their day escaping from their problems and, and watching what everyone else is doing instead of actually thinking about what they're doing. But I think it also comes on the other end of, of the spectrum is once you get success with doing your own thing, you, you literally, that's all that you want to do. You know, you just focus on, it, on everyone else. And I think um, a, lot of, you know, a lot of people are doing great things. Uh, for me, following someone like Casey uh, Neistat, I mean, he's now literally got 5 million YouTube subscribers. And, you know, for myself, it's trying to um, look at what he's doing and the culture that he's bringing to understand and potentially replicate some of the things which he's doing. And I think with it, it's just that he, he decided uh, 18 months ago that he's going to do a YouTube video every single day and he has done he's done a youtube video every single day for the last 18 months and you know it's seen him grow from sort of a hundred thousand subscribers to five million and there's a huge lesson to be learned there by just you know as he said just show up and, and do what you do and he, i think it he makes it look so effortless too and i think that's another thing that a lot of people with huge amounts of success have is that they do make it look easy even though behind closed doors they're working the bollocks off mm. i just i just do you know what? I do a video a day, and we do. We, you know, Chloe and I, we, I post, post a video today, and I'm trying to post a video every day. I just don't. You know, the things with, with with people talk about vlogging. You know, like back in the day, people said to me, right, you know, YouTube video shouldn't be any longer than two to three minutes because you know you just have to look at people to understand their attention spans going down the toilet. But then for these for these other people, you know, these other YouTubers seem to have success. These videos of you know, seven to fifteen minutes of an insight into their life and everything else seems to be seems to be the way to go. I just, I, I just not sure I've got anything that interesting <laughs> stuff um, to say every day. But then people would find what I do as a sportsman and the live the life I live, the food I'm eating, what I'm talking about is interesting. But the problem is, is that there is enough hours in the day to film yourself doing the shit you need to be doing to be successful at what you're doing. And I kind of think that once I finish playing. I would probably put more time into, it. Uh, you know, sharing that kind of that kind of lifestyle and be able to reflect a little bit more because it's very difficult in life when you're too busy doing as opposed to to sitting around. And like you, when I eat food, I always sit down and watch a movie or TV for the, the allotted time that I eat my food because I find it a, a really big way of switching off. Yeah. But that's all I that's all the time I allow myself, and and you know, I'm not one of people who claim to be going you know waking up at four in the morning and sleeping three hours and working because i don't see that as admiral admiral i don't know if you i don't know if you're one of these people i don't know but who has like mental work ethic, that's fine i work enough in the hours that i i have but i need to sleep for seven hours because i can't perform without seven hours sleep but you see all these people on social media you probably know what i'm talking about who are like yeah you know i've only slept two hours i've been up you know chasing the day i'm like that's fine mate but i need seven hours sleep and you're not doing any more work than i'm doing um in the, in the allotted time i've got and if you are fair play to you because there's no way i'm sleeping three hours at night yeah i think a lot of people get that wrong i mean there are there has been times where i've you know I, I don't get that much sleep, but it's not because I'm, you know, working harder. I say than any, anyone else. It's the fact that I love what I do, and sometimes, you know, I overwork a little bit. But also, a lot of the time when I do overwork, my productivity goes down. So although I'm up more hours, I'm doing less shit. And I say that to people all the time. It's not a case of, you know, I think I've said this before to someone. If you if you if you get up two hours earlier. Over a year, that's an extra month's worth of being up mm. and doing stuff. But what what good is it being up for an extra month doing stuff if you're not doing fuck all? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, like I, I set my alarm, right? and, I, and I would honestly, I would, I look at the rock. So I love the rock. Um, I had the greatest day of my life the other day because he tweeted me back 
which I couldn't believe. Uh, I almost had to have a lie down. I don't fangirl, <laughs> I don't fangirl over anyone apart from him, just because I love his persona. I, I, whether it's bullshit or not, I don't. You know, I love his attitude to things. I love his success. I love what he preaches, being the hardest per- per- working person in the room. Because I think people can always do better, and I think those who um, those who fail in life or, or, or stop progressing are the, are the people who don't want to keep self-development. If you keep hungry, keep wanting to learn, the only time you're ever done learning and getting better is when you're dead. And, um, and I love his attitude for, for, for that. But he, you know, he gets up at 5.30, 4 o'clock. Honestly, I tried to do that a few times, and I was in hell. Like I was like, I'm, I, was like, I, 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 was like I had a headache. I was like a bit dehydrated. I couldn't really sleep. I obviously had to go in and be a, a performance athlete. I can't do that. Every day, I set my alarm for 7.30, and I'm like, today's the day. And I just can't do it. And it's not out of laziness. It's because I'm going to bed at you know, 12, 30, 1 o'clock. I'm sitting up. I'm working. I'm hiring myself. But do you know what? I need seven hours to function, to perform, to allow myself to hit the ground running so I have an action-packed day where I'm working nonstop. And you're exactly right. You've got to get the productivity right. There is no point working all hours God sends if you could do the work in a decent you know if you could do that amount of work in a certain amount of time that would be normal that's the problem you're, you're exactly right there's no point going yeah you know I say I'm saving a month a year because I wake up two hours early well if you spend the first hour sitting on the end of the bed staring into space <laughs> rubbing your hair going how what the hell am I going to do and drinking copious amounts of coffee and then daydreaming and drifting off and walking around with a headache you're not helping yourself and I think it's every it's very individual and I think having a great work ethic is fine but I'm just not you know, I could work until five in the morning that way round, but there's no way I'm getting up at five in the morning. As soon as I go to sleep, I, I need to sleep till you know I need seven hours as I can't function. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm an early riser because I was in the army for seven years, but I also go to bed at ten. So that you know that that explains a lot. I say to people, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, that's, but how good how good is your sleep from ten o'clock till the morning? As soon as I go to sleep after ten thirty, my my sleep are nowhere near as good. Like I've literally studied it, I've looked at it. Every time I go to bed before 10.30, I wake up feeling like a million dollars. I'm like, it's a whole new world that like I'm flying through the air. But if I go to bed later than that, I'm like, oh, kill me. And I have to like drag myself to the shower. Yeah, it's, it, it, and it's really hard to do. It's really hard to get into a routine to go to sleep early, especially I seem to be now, since I've opened this gym facility, getting a second wind sort of 10 o'clock. And yeah, it's not really good because then it's midnight and then you're getting up at normal time and you're wondering why you're completely fucked. Yeah, but I, I have that. Do you know what I mean? I look at always, I love what Floyd Mayweather does. You know, the fact that he trained, he always trained when he wanted to train in the evenings. Uh, he did what he wanted, had no, um, no qualms about training at sort of one, two in the morning. But that's what he always did. He also has hundreds of millions of dollars, an entire team around him, cooking, chef, masseur, people, everything else. And he, and he did it and it was, and it works for him. You know, I would always be an early afternoon, evening trainer if it was down to me. Um, I hate morning training, and that's you know that's sort of where it goes. It's interesting how you say that. I remember following on um, on YouTube again. There's a guy called Tito Ortiz. You ever heard of him? Hans- yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he used to get up at 11 a.m. because he said, "What's the point in me training when I fight at night?" And I think that's brilliant because it, he basically did all his training based on the time where he would normally fight, which which makes complete sense. Yeah, I think that's right. But I, I think that's. Um... I just couldn't do. That's why I could never join the army. Well, uh, that's the excuse I give: is that war starts way too early. <laughs> you guys, you guys, listen. If you started war at a reasonable hour, like ten o'clock or something like that, and I had time for breakfast, I could do it. But 
you know, not going to bed or waking up at three or four in the morning with some lunatic throwing a flashbang into the room, shouting at you and, and making you get up and run. Like, it sounds all bit, a little bit too, like, too much hard work for me. <laughs> well, speaking of hard work, Jane, it brings us on to our next question. Clothing, multiple books, sporting superstar, supplements, workout <laughs> books, videos, strings to your bow are, are literally endless. If you could bottle that work ethic up into three top tips for someone to take away today, what would they be? Um, well, I can bottle them up. I should write a book on it, really. We'll add another thing, <laughs> motivational writer. Um, I would think, um, I would think, first, I think worry about the things you can control is a massive, a massive element of that, of that whole, of that whole process, you know. So, uh, obviously, doing lots of different things and everything else is great, but only you are in control of your life and what you do with it. And I think once you become comfortable in yourself and understand that only you only you are going to um, improve yourself, that you've only got one opportunity at life as far as we know, unless I come back as like an earwig or something like that, but we're not, we're not, we're not quite sure about that, um, then, then I think that's a massive one. And I think looking at other people and looking at uh, competition that you're in, and that's, it's, very, it's very counterproductive. And, that, and that's a big thing I've kind of learned. Um, you know, I, another rule my, my old man told me really is that, you know, you can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. And only you know whether you've done the work and are prepared to make the sacrifices to, um, to, to be successful. You know, you can sit there complaining all the time, going, look at so-and-so, look at the body coach, the bloke swimming in, you know, cash like Scrooge McDuck. Or you can go out there and be, you know, try and be successful. You can look at other players and go, well, they're getting picked for England. Why am I not? And if you can honestly say, do you know what, I've nailed my nutrition, I've nailed my training, I've done this, I've done that, then you know you can be comfortable and it comes down to other people's preferences. And again, that's not what you can control. So that comes back to my my first point. Um, and I just think the other thing is excite, be excited about life. The reason I've tried to do so much um, outside of rugby is that life is an amazing thing that we're gifted and there is so much to do in this world and you know you shouldn't end up having to do what you don't want to do and there's many opportunities and however dark things get or however difficult times are there's always a way to to get out of that if you really want to do it and if you you know if you worry about the first two points said controlling what you can control um then then uh, i think those are my my tips really because i'm just always hungry to be to be better and to, to enjoy what i can do and uh, you know i I wanted to write a book, so I wrote a book. I wanted to have a fitness business, so I made a fitness business. I wanted to to, to, to DJ because I love music, so I went on a course to DJ. Um, you know, I, the public speaking thing um, that I do and the motivational speaking and other things I do, I just went, I got opportunities and most people say no to opportunities in life or they're nervous, or they make an excuse. I just say yes and then worry about what happens afterwards and then quickly think, shit, I've never done this before. Let me give it a try and remember that most people are probably as scared as you about accepting um, opportunities and challenges and you know life's an amazing place yeah some fantastic tips there James so do you have any habits or routines that you can share with our listeners that help you get the most out of each and every day yeah I'm, I'm a massive note taker I make notes all the time um, like a, like a mentalist like Chloe my missus always laughs when she goes through my phone because there's like notes but I, I, I tell you now um, yeah she makes lists I, yeah, I don't know I tell you now it's like so in my phone now I've got um, it's just loading so I've got um, my do or die list so that is basically what I've got to do um, I put two things on every day that I've got to do uh, you know you can't have any more than that you can't have any less than that you've just got to, to get those two things off um, I've got my social media posts that I plan 
Um, I've got um, I've got oh, I've got made an underwater swimming. I really enjoy my underwater swimming, like my hypoxic training. I love that. Um, I put boxing and wrestling down the other day. I realised when I'm coming back from my injury, trying to rehab, that was really key. Uh, I, I'd seen some some interesting stuff about teamwork. I wanted to watch some some videos on loads of little things like that. Just help me to, to focus myself. So making notes every day, ticking them off. Um, routine is again. I, I try to uh, worry about again all the things that you can control. So 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 diet wise, you know, my routine is to make sure I always have breakfast wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. That starts my day off right. I eat right in the morning. It's my favourite meal of the day. Uh, it sets me off in the right way. If I don't have breakfast, I don't eat properly. That kind of sets up, my, that upsets my equilibrium. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what else. If there's any other things I sort of do routine-wise, I mean, I'm very lucky because I have a set structure with my my rugby career. You know, I went from a school environment straight to another structured environment. I've never been let out in the wild on my own. Um, so I don't know what would happen whether you'd find me wandering around Tesco's in my pants, not knowing what to do. But I, I think. I think that kind of added structure kind of um, really helps. But but note making, note making is a, is a massive one, and setting yourself little tasks keeps you keeps you on straight and narrow every day. Yeah, I think so. And emptying your head is important. I mean, when you just said notes, then I was just had a quick look at my notes on my phone, and I sort of like make so many too. I think I'm at 457 this year. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Whenever I've got an idea, it goes straight on the phone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting to look through what goes down on that uh, over the weeks. So yeah, it's definitely something that I enjoy doing too. I think keeping them ordered as well, like keeping stuff ordered, like it's very good making notes and stuff like that, but you know, having a quick moment to review something, clean something off, delete something, tick stuff away. But, you know, if you're task focused, getting rid of those things and being organized and keeping stuff tidy, keeping your mind tidy, keeping your laptop tidy, keeping your, your thing tidy, you know, also trying to find every, an hour every day or something to. No, I you know, spend with my missus or to watch uh, watch a movie when I'm when I'm eating or do something that I really enjoy or listen to good music while I'm working. All of those kind of things help you give structure and help your performance, and that's ultimately what you're looking for. I think definitely. So, what's next for James Haskell, and where can we find out more about you? Um, what is next to me? Oh, God knows. I uh, I'm, I'm rehabbing from my injury at the moment, so. Um, I'm kind of in between posting stuff about uh, my rehab, my journey, uh, the funny shit that I get up to. Uh, I'm doing a lot of speaking um, at the moment, but my my main goal is to get back playing for Wasps, uh, and then um, you know if Wasps go well and I, I play well on the team, then there's England, and then there's bigger honours at the end of the uh, end of the season like the Lions. But that's kind of just a bit of a pipe dream at the moment. So I'm focused on that. Um, I mean, obviously, I've got my social media channels. I've got my Facebook page, which is James Haskell Health and Fitness. Um, I've got my YouTube channel, which is um, under the James Haskell. We've got Instagram at James Hask, um, Twitter at James Haskell. All those kind of things are all out there, really. Uh, the next stuff of any real note is I'm, I'm writing this book, which will be um, in all bookshops by spring of next year. Uh, it's a general kind of health and fitness book for people with my kind of spin on it. Um, obviously, there's no point in me talking overly about fat loss because it's not something I've <laughs> had a lot to do with. Do you know what I mean? And, and I always think it's difficult when you're trying to take advice from someone that doesn't necessarily know how hard it is to do what you've to do what you've been through. So, so I've kind of got a bit more of uh, a focus on trying to put on muscle, trying to get in shape. Um, it isn't quite so generic. Um, 
but other than that, really, that's that's it. I'm DJing away. I've got a few gigs and stuff coming up, but but nothing of real excitement. I don't think. Well, I think book's pretty pretty damn exciting, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, hopefully it'll be um, a success. You know, my rugby book that's um, been on sales, been reviewed like three or four times. People are absolutely loving it. Um, I'm going to probably do a version two of that. My 12-week training program that I've got, people are getting into some mental shape using that, and that's really good. Uh, obviously, the book's exciting. I think we're just going to keep building the social media stuff. I'm doing a lot more TV work at the moment. Um, you know, I do, I do obviously the commentary and rugby stuff, but I'm going into a bit more TV things. I quite fancy myself as a frustrated actor. And every time I watch Lock, Stock, or Two, Smoking Barrels, or Snatch, I think if Vinnie Jones can do it, then, then maybe, I, maybe I have a, a future. I mean, I can kick a door down and call everyone a slag. I, I think that's, um, I'm overqualified in that department. <laughs> Brilliant. So, James, I finish every podcast with the same quote, and that's what you put in your body affects how you look and how you feel. And what you put in your head affects what you think and what you do. And today, you have been filling your heads with Jamie Alderton and James Haskell. James, thank you ever so much for coming on the Mindset with Muscle podcast today. No problem. My, my pleasure. I will look forward to it. I'm now going to be an avid subscriber. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be...